Hello, beloved. It's May, and this month we'll be studying the number five. As we study, we'll be learning about the Lord, how he works, how it affects us, and how we can partner with him. Bible study on any level needs to include Bible application. And if you're new to this podcast, hello, I'm Pastor Karina Don Reed, and I'm here to guide you into God's word and help you apply it to your life. The Trumpets of Tears of Podcast is a biblical lifestyle targeting tool for shifting your mindset from the world's way back to God's way. Our God is such an awesome God to give us clues about himself and his ways. Our study on numbers so far has been a beautiful treasure hunt of seeking the Lord and discovering beautiful things about him. So let's start to take a look at the number five. We see that in the creation story on the fifth day, God created living creatures. Those creatures would come under the authority of humans as a kind of provision for people in different ways. Then we see when the Lord flooded the earth, water covered the earth for five months. And five months after the rain began is when the ark finally came to rest on top of that mountain. This signified an end of one season and the beginning of a new season. The bronze altar in the tabernacle was square, five cubits by five cubits, where sacrifices to the Lord were made. This altar symbolized atonement because of man's lack of righteousness. When we look at all these meanings together, provision, new season, atonement, we can see that God provides what man lacks. And that lack is grace. The overall meaning of the number five is God's grace. When man is wanting to please God and come into right standing with him, God extends his grace in the gap. That lies between him and us so we can be in right standing with him and also draw close to him. His ways aren't just so beautiful. We serve a generous God who offers us so many ways to make our sinful nature right. God, who is the authority figure, could say, because I said so to us. (laughs) But instead, he says, Let me make it easier for you. As we look at God's grace this month, I want you to hold your current definition of grace loosely so that you can continue to adopt God's definition of grace. We always want to let go of our definitions and let go of the world's definitions so that we can grasp onto God's definitions. And that's one way that our beliefs get to line up with God's truths. Grace was only needed because of man's disobedience. And disobedience to God has more consequences to it than we even realize. It has so much consequence to it that you and I are paying for the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Disobedience causes a ripple effect. It has consequences to it. So as we start to think about God's grace from God's perspective, We have to remember that the same God who has grace today is the same God who had grace in Adam and Eve's day. 
Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. They disobeyed God. God didn't apply grace to their sinful actions. And because of the consequence, all mankind came under the curse. Grace wasn't applied in that moment. Grace wasn't applied to their bad behavior. Adam and Eve regained their reverence for the Lord, and they became ashamed, and they turned their hearts back to God. And when they did that, God extended grace. He provided and equipped them for what they would have to endure in their consequence. Grace doesn't take away consequences. Grace provides provision in the midst of sin's consequences. I'm going to say that one more time. Grace doesn't take away consequences. Grace provides provision in the midst of consequences after we've turned our eyes back to the Lord. And it goes into effect when you repent and seek right standing with God. When we look at the Bible, grace is never attributed to someone who is in the act of doing wrong. Grace isn't given to people who aren't seeking God. We tend to think of it and believe that that's God's truth, but those who seek the Lord, who want to please the Lord and earnestly want to live by God's design, are the only ones who get to receive his grace. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. We have to keep scripture in context. This entire psalm is about seeking the Lord. And in the scripture, it's for those who walk upright in the ways of the Lord who then receive his grace. And we can see this to be true over and over again in scripture. Proverbs 3 verse 34, though he scoffs at the scoffers and scorns the scorners, yet he gives his grace his undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. Who gets God's grace in the scripture? The humble, not the entitled. Proverbs 8, verse 35. For whoever finds me wisdom finds life and obtains favor and grace from the Lord. Who gets grace in the scripture? Those who look for God's wisdom. To receive from God, you have to seek God. You have to turn towards him and start walking towards him. Our God, who is worthy of all the praise that we can possibly give, is not a drive-through God. He doesn't answer demands on the schedule that we want him to. Our God is a God of substance. He doesn't offer fast food that isn't good for us. In order to eat his meal, we have to park our car, walk into the banquet hall, sit down at the banquet table, and be ready for the royal feast. Feasts are lengthy. Feasts take time. So much time and effort go into preparing for the feast, it needs to be honored by those who get to experience the feast. Fast food can satisfy a temporary hunger, but in a few hours, you're just going to be hungry again. 
But sitting at the banquet table, taking part in a feast, doesn't just satisfy the stomach, it satisfies the soul. Feasts have fellowship. Feasts have meaningful conversation. Some feasts have entertainment. We can't compare a feast to a drive through meal. The two are very different things. Yet too many people actually choose drive through even when they're invited to a feast. Every minute we are awake, we have an opportunity to feast with the Lord. Every day we add things to our calendar. Are we adding time in to feast with the Lord? Even this podcast every week is only about 15 minutes long. This is just a drive-through message to get you to hunger and extend an invitation to you to feast with the Lord for the rest of your week. You can have the best meal, but it's going to cost you some time. And if you want God's grace, and if you want God to fill in the gaps in your life so that you can come close to Him, you have to choose to feast with Him. Proverbs 11 verse 27 says this, He who diligently seeks good seeks favor and grace, but he who seeks evil, evil will come to him. Seeking good means seeking God. And as you see God and head in his direction, he'll fill in the gap between you and him. And then you can have fun and run into his arms. And he'll personally escort you to his feast. God's grace isn't something that we get to apply to our life when and where we want it. When we look at scripture, and we'll continue to study this for the entire month, and you'll read it in the blog blog post this week, grace is something that God gives out to those who are facing him, walking towards him, and want to draw close to him. This is God's definition. Let's make sure that our beliefs about grace line up with truth about grace. Many times we confuse God's love with his grace, and those are two very different things. God loves all that he creates. He cares for them. But for his creations that don't love him in return, they do not benefit from many of his gifts. And if they never turn to him in this life, they'll spend an eternity without him. There isn't grace for not choosing God, and it comes with eternal consequences. As we want the things of God, we first have to choose God. Then we get to receive everything that he has to offer. Grace doesn't take away consequences. Grace doesn't take away sin. Grace provides provision in the midst of consequences after we've turned our eyes back to the Lord. So this week I'm extending my invitation to you for a feast. I feast, the Tears of Family feasts every Wednesday night, holding church service, live streaming over YouTube, where we come together in community, in fellowship to feast. The chat is open during our live stream and you're encouraged to fellowship with one another during church. It's the only time you can actually talk in church and not be hushed for it. (laughs) The Tears of Family is always lively in the chat. So you will be at a banquet where the food is satisfying and the fellowship is gratifying.
and you can find the link to our next banquet in the comments below. Join us. It will awaken your purpose and you will be transformed, but only when you choose to feast. God bless you.